Welcome to the Diverse Minds Podcast, where we give you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to be a mentally healthy and inclusive leader. Each week, you'll hear about a variety of topics linked to mental health, well-being, and diversity that will enhance both your professional practice and personal well-being. Welcome to the 233rd episode of the award-winning Diverse Minds podcast. And last week was Race Equality Week, and I spoke to the brilliant Nzinga Orgill of AVI Solutions about equity in the aviation industry. So we're going to carry on the race equity theme. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about white dominant norms and how these play out in the workplace. And speaking of difficult workplace experiences, have you watched my TEDx talk about the connection between culture, race and mental health? It's something you can watch in your break as it's just 12 minutes long. The link is in the show notes, but I'll also give it to you here. It is bit.ly forward slash T-E-D-X wolves. That's W-O-L-V-E-S-L-O. I really hope you enjoy it because it was a labor of love and it recently had its anniversary on the 31st of January. And if you do enjoy it, please leave a positive comment on YouTube, share and like with colleagues and friends who might enjoy it. Also, don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so why an episode on white? what are white dominant norms? Well, you'll have heard me say this before from the groundswell of the June 2020 Black Lives Matter movement to now, conversations, I think, on race equity and what can be done differently have petered out. Sadly, racism in all its forms is still present in schools, playgrounds, workplaces, boardrooms, the NHS, police constabularies, etc. And I don't say that etc. flippantly, but I could be here reeling off organisations. And there are new stories each week that illustrate this. This isn't just me making things up. And there is also data to back it up. It could be the case that in your workplace, you did the listening part and maybe that happened in 2020 and then plans were going ahead. Or maybe there was a bit more work than that. And then money's dried up or people froze when it came to acting and change. I think many practitioners have seen this happen. There's too much to do. Workplaces say things aren't that bad, are they? We've got a lot to deal with. Well, I'd encourage you to think again. And remember that when we tackle or we we think about one challenge or issue, it's never really in isolation because by improving something for one group of people or the perception of one group of people, we're actually usually improving things for a whole organization and workplace. So if we think about UK society and dominant prevalent culture that shapes our main institutions, media, the ways in which systems work is framed on and by the white educated upper middle classes. So this is known as white dominant culture. And it may appear obvious. However, when you're surrounded by it, it can be incredibly difficult to put your finger on what that truly is. And you might like to think of it akin to patriarchy. So there are people that say, well, I don't experience sexism. And you might not. Maybe you've had a really straightforward trajectory through the workplace. Maybe your maternity, uh, if you've got children, whether it's biological, adopted, or you're a carer in some way, is a very supported process. Maybe you and your, if you're in a heteronormative relationship, your male partner do share the house workload equally. And that's an interesting one. I think there's lots of episodes to be done on that, actually. But um, however... As systemically, we know that w- there's very little research funded into specific women's health. We know that women's pain, uh, for example, is not taken seriously. Uh, we know, you know, this. I haven't read it myself, but Caroline Criado Perez's book talks about all the way in which data and systems are have inbuilt patriarchy in them. So you may not experience this directly yourself. You may not think that it's there, but systems are shaped in particular ways. So 
what this does is it has the effect of displacing you even when you are in situ, making you feel like an outsider in a way that cannot be challenged clearly. And this is particularly true for global majority people. If a whole organization operates in a particular way that is shaped by white dominant culture, you as the non-white person, and I need to use non-white in this context, are made to feel like the problem. So I want to be clear and say, I wish this were my own concept, but that white dominant culture builds on the work of many people. And I've included their names in the show notes, which is including, but not limited to Andrea, Ava Zion, Brie Carlson, Beverly Daniel Tatum, Emmy Duker, Nancy Ermond, Kenneth Jones, John Lunsford, Sharon Martinez, Joan Olson, David Rogers, James Williams, Sally Yee, as well as the work of Grassroots Leadership, Equity Institute Inc., the People's Institute for Survival and Beyond, the Challenging White Supremacy Workshop, the Lily Allen Institute, the Western States Center, and the contributions of hundreds of participants in the DR process. So I'll also include those in the show notes because I'm always about credit where credit's due. And now I'm going to be talking about this over three episodes. So I'm going to be presenting the elements next week of white dominant culture. And that is based on the work of Daniel Burford, who has done extensive research on white supremacy culture. There is also race equity consultant Tema Ocon states that the characteristics of white dominant culture are not necessarily harmful in and of themselves, but rather, she quotes, when they are used as norms and standards without being proactively named or chosen by the group. These attitudes and behaviors can show up in any group or organization, whether it is white-led or predominantly white or people of color, global majority, brackets, UK speech, or whether it is white-led or predominantly white or people of color-led or even predominantly people of color. Um, And of course, in this podcast, I would use the term global majority. So I think that's important to remember that it's not harmful in and of itself, but the fact that what is chosen as the norm is not recognized explicitly, articulated, understood, and the understanding then again around how that may create barriers for global majority people and indeed organizations that are still global majority led or have global majority people in them if we're shaped by this white dominant narrative we ourselves also need to recognize it so i really hope you're enjoying the content of this podcast and you want to keep up to date then why not join my bi-monthly newsletter when you join you'll receive a free copy of my ebook the mentally healthy leading manager and that link is bit.ly M-H-L-M-E-B-K-21. So as I said, next week, I'm going to delve more into the aspects of white dominant norms and how they appear in the workplace. But to help you start acting again or thinking about, well, what next after Race Equality Week, I've included links in the show notes and I'm going to talk about them here to four podcast episodes that will reinvigorate, hopefully, your journey if it's stalled. So the first episode is episode 68, Still Too Scared to Talk About Race. The second is episode 60, To BAME or Not to BAME, all about the language of race and race equity. Episode 94, Making Change and Not Jumping on the Bandwagon. So how can we make change and not just put black squares on our social media as an example and episode 41 which is about racism and genuine allyship and in that episode I talk about my lived experience of racism that I've encountered. So remember, conversations about race equality have petered out. It's a real shame, I think. Um, If you want to challenge me on that, then obviously you can do. Please, as always, drop me a message or an email or uh, contact me on one of my social media platforms. Race equality, of course, we know is not just for one week. Now, that's not to say that, that the week isn't really well done because it is. It's great and well done to race equality matters. 
But what's next? I've introduced the concept of white dominant norms and next week I'll discuss what they are and how to identify them. So I really hope you've enjoyed the show. And if so, why not leave me a review on Apple, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast from. And do tune in next week where we'll be talking more about white dominant norms. And in the meantime, if you have any questions or comments, please do not hesitate to get in touch. And hopefully I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Diverse Minds podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts from. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Tune into next week's episode of the podcast, where I'll bring you more insights on mental health and inclusion. Bye for now.